Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. Phil, welcome back to Fleet Safety Geeks. It's been a little while. We've uh, both been really busy, had some business travel and a holiday in there. How you been, man? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, kind of happy to be back, and um, I'm sure all of our followers are just waiting for this next episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they are, uh, and it's, it's a great topic, so uh, we'll, we'll get into it and give them some good information. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Phil, I think that you had the idea of talking about fatigued driving, which is uh, very important and timely as we get into the summer months where people might be traveling for summer. For those of us that can afford the gas, um, <laughs> traveling for the summer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would agree with you. I think that, you know, the more people are driving and have their families in the vehicle is just more opportunity if you're drowsy driving or just fatigued while you're driving can be very dangerous. Yeah, I think they, that people have a tendency of maybe putting on some more miles um, uh, for, for you know, family vacations or whatever. Uh, let's not do a Chevy Chase scene here where he falls asleep and drives into the hotel parking lot. But, uh, you know, this is uh, – uh, and, and some people will crack, catch that reference, Bob. Uh, you know, I caught it. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, yeah as, as we discussed, we think this is an appropriate time to, uh, to address this. Yeah, no, that's great. So um, you sent a few um, uh, notes to me and I've kind of reviewed them and I think they're excellent. And some of the topics that will relate to this that will be uh, really good on the discussion side is um, the risk factors and causation for fatigue driving. Um, recognizing fatigue, maybe some people just don't really feel that they are, but there's, you know, it could happen while you're, while you're going down the road. And then the solutions to kind of get over it, whether it's um, some of the newer vehicles have a little coffee pot uh, cup that pops up on the dash reminding you, hey, you've been driving for a while. Maybe it's time for you to take a little coffee break. Um, and what? what we can do just on our own while we're driving down the road. Yeah. So um, you are the uh, expert on all the statistics. Why don't you just sort of go into some of the statistics that you might have around fatigue driving? So uh, I, I saw some statistics and the AAA numbers are actually uh, higher than some of the other numbers that are out there, but uh, they usually do a pretty good job in researching this stuff. And, and what they determined that uh, annually, there are about 328,000 collisions associated with fatigue driving. And as a result of those collisions, there are 109,000 people injured and 6,400 fatalities just because of fatigue driving. And uh, if you were to, I think if you were to talk to, to just about every driver, they could probably tell you a story about their fatigue driving incident uh, or, you know, near miss or whatever. Uh, and globally, 10 to 20 percent of all crashes are fatigue related. So it's a, it's a huge problem. It's, it's, it's a major problem. Yeah. You know, and that's a really good point, too. So as I was listening to you say those and, and kind of looking at my screen, you know, going over those statistics, this is something that affects all drivers, right? This isn't just limited to um, an over-the-road truck driver who has, you know, limits on how long they can drive. Anybody can be fatigued and anybody can be involved in any kind of collision uh, due to fatigue driving, right? I mean, it's not just limited to one driver group. That's exactly right. It it it. it, it crosses over all lines right as far as uh age groups and uh and and the type of driving you're doing whether you're a professional driver like a truck driver or even you know some of the delivery drivers and things or, or taxi or um but it's it's or, or the, the professional sales rep uh, whether they like it or not they are a professional driver driving is a part of their work 
uh, or their workplace. So they need to drive professionally. It affects everybody. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's um, it's really something it, and, and huge numbers there. You know, just the number of collisions, 328,000 collisions, but the 6,400 fatalities. Just there again, there's so much that, you know, um, every time you read a statistic and it's happening, you know, it's just really frustrating to see, you know, um, uh, a death that could have been avoided, you know, just while driving on the road. So, um, again, that's why we're here. And, and hopefully we can, you know, open people's eyes to some of these topics. Yeah, uh, that's that's the whole goal, right, Bob? We, we I know um, when people who've listened to our podcast before, we hate crashes. Uh, they mean they ruin lives. So that's the whole purpose of this thing, to help people. Uh, maybe they pick up a few pointers that will help to keep them safe. And, and, and I hope that they share this stuff to help keep their family and, and friends uh, safe as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm not going to reveal my age. I think you know how old I am. I know how old you are. Um, but I... <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was younger, um, I could stay up longer. doesn't mean I was safe, but right. I, I mean, I could stay up all night. I, I could um, I could go out and have a beer and get up early in the morning and not really be impacted by that. But, you know, even if I wasn't drinking, I could stay up over 24 hours. And um, it didn't really bother me when I was younger. If I tried to do that now, <laughs> I would just be exhausted. But some of the risk factors on here is just being awake for over 20 hours. You know, so that's really interesting. You know, when I was younger, you know, you felt superhuman. You could stay open, you know, up as long as you want and you don't really feel like you're exhausted. But, you know, now if I, you know, if I'm not in bed by 10, you know, I, I'm worthless the next day. <laughs> Well, you know, I always wonder about that too, right? We're, did we just feel bulletproof because we were young and invulnerable or, or were we just um, not as, uh, say, informed right. uh, uh, as we are now? You know, and, and, and absolutely. I mean, I become far, you know, fatigued far quicker than I was when I was a, a younger person. But uh, still... Uh, I think that we were probably a little uh, foolhardy in our in our in what we did, especially behind the wheel. Right. Uh, I and I'm a as as the the title of our podcast, a fleet safety geek. I'm an absolute fleet safety geek. I'm all about driver safety, but uh, to be honest with you, Bob, there are things I did in the car. I probably shouldn't be alive. I'm driving fatigued as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's just when I'm shocked, you know, when you read, you know, the 20 hours. Um, but but it's true. It doesn't really matter how old you are. If you're up for 24 hours um, and you start driving, you know, uh, the note you have on here is that's as dangerous as somebody with a 0.08 um, blood alcohol level. That's, that's. Right. Um, so that's, that's yeah, what the yeah, studies have shown. Yeah. That's dangerous, right? You know, we're not invincible. And we're putting people at risk. Right. So, for, and I think most people understand what 0 0.08 blood alcohol concentration, right, you know, uh, is, is, it represents, right? It's uh, in, in every state in the United States uh, and anywhere really and globally, if you're a 0 0.08 or above, it's recognized that you are not capable of safe driving. That's your, your alcohol is too, too high. You can't, uh, you shouldn't be driving. Uh, in fact, uh, Canada is 0 0.05 and Utah has gone to 0 0.05. So uh, you see, they're, they're, they're even recognizing that even lower levels of alcohol uh, aren't safe. But if you're driving after 20 hours of not sleeping, you're as likely to crash as a person as a 0.08. And right. that's just not yeah. safe. And now that doesn't mean driving for 20 hours. It just means being awake for 20 hours. So, um, right. Uh, being awake. Yeah, yeah, Correct. Exactly. So, you know, if, if, if you're on vacation and, and 
um, you drove through the night and then um, uh, you stopped off somewhere uh, to get breakfast and then you get right back on the road and finish your trip. And that's been a 24 hour period. You're putting your life, other people's lives and your family's life uh, lives in danger inside that vehicle because it's as if you have a 0.08 blood alcohol content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, right. Yeah. That's yep. That's, that's uh exactly that's pretty right. scary so it's yeah very important scary. to know though yeah what are some of the other risk yeah. factors um related to fatigued or drowsy driving so uh again statistically speaking if you uh, are driving while fatigued you're three times more likely to crash than if you were you know alert and, and awake and the, and the problem is you know i mean your de- your delayed reaction time and things like that and the drifting and all the things that occur as uh, as a result of uh of driving while fatigued it is an impairment fatigue is an impairment so uh yeah i mean would you uh you know go swimming someplace if you knew that if i swam there i would be three times more likely to drown most people would say no nah, i think i'll avoid that but people drive fatigued yeah. all the time so um again the the topic centers around it's timely because people are going on family vacations we're going to be driving more but from a fleet perspective we have drivers on the road um, that salespeople might have a huge territory, um, um, or, or, a, a service right. a technician who's, you know, um, helping out somebody else in another state and they drive straight through work and then, you know, try and drive straight back. You know, this has become a huge liability now because, um, you know, it's the company's pocketbook, um, that's on the hook here, if anything happens, but also still the lives, you know, involved, uh, from the employee, um, and the person. That, that maybe have been involved in the collision. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because what I've always uh, told drivers, you know, you have a, let's say you have a sales or a, you know, territory or a, a service territory. Uh, if possible, what I always say is drive to your first you know, location, the furthest point, drive to that first and at the beginning of your workday. And that way then as you're driving back, you're getting closer and closer and closer to home and you will have less driving to do at the point of the day when you're the most tired. If you drive from say, you know, point A out to point Z and now you have to drive all the way back from point Z, that's that's an issue. If you drive to point Z and then get get your make your way back to A, yeah, that's no, much that safer. Sense. Um well, and then it, the next point on there is right. summer vacations. You know, if you drive from Ohio to Florida, I think that's at least a 24-hour drive. Uh, you probably wouldn't want to do that straight through by the same, yeah, same same topic as the fleet driver, nope. right? Right, exactly. And and I I practice what I preach here. So my wife and I enjoy going to Destin, Florida every year. I live in Pennsylvania, and uh, I I do not even think about trying to drive that all the way through. Uh, I stop about midway, uh, stay overnight, and then drive the rest away. And you know what? I when I get there, I feel refreshed. We have a nice dinner, and, and it's it's. A, but a crash could ruin that yeah. vacation. It surely could. You know, for myself and maybe some other right, vacationing absolutely. family. Yeah, that's that's a really good advice. Uh, we can't really have all of our fleet drivers, right. you know, just stop in the middle of a, a trip and and you know stay at that hotel. But like you said, you know, do do yeah. that trip ahead of time and and before you have to to work, right? As long the lines of what you're saying there, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Plan accordingly. Uh, even when you get there, maybe you'll probably be more productive when you work because you won't be so tired. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point, Bob. You know, you'd be doing two things poorly at once, right? Driving yeah, poor yeah. And, uh, and then doing your job poorly. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. And if, if your uh, if your job actually is, is related to anything that can injure you while working as well, um, you know, you can get injured uh, using certain tools, uh, knives, cutting something. And if you're drowsy doing that, you're, you're equally as in, uh, likely to get injured doing that as well. That, that's that's more on the health safety side for people in facilities. So we'll let a facility safety geek take that time. Yeah, but it's, it's a valid point. I mean, that's a really good point, too. You know, you can get injured uh, while you're doing your work, not not just when you're, you know, and, and I always say driving is part of your job, but uh, when, when you're doing your, your actual job job function, if you're fatigued, again, you, you make a really good point. You, you're at a greater risk of being injured. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. I, I like the next uh, um, bullet point here. Um, kind of going out of out of line here but uh when the clocks change right. you know your 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 body has a, a like an internal clock and, and if it's changed because of the time change that can impact um even if you had hadn't been awake for 20 hours but you had to get up an hour earlier and and your internal clock is off that ca- that can impact you right that that one hour uh difference uh that messes with your circadian rhythm Everybody has it, uh, and uh, if it, it just messes with your internal clock. And uh, at a point when you might normally uh, being uh, resting, it, you're you're up and about, and uh, and it takes a little while uh, once the clocks change. And and that's one of the, the points that, that that people are making who want to stop, uh, you know, turning the clocks clocks back and forward. They, you know, they, that's one of the points that they make to uh, that's their argument. One of the arguments that they make to to not do that um, because it does uh, the you, Statistically, again, if you looked at the crash numbers, when the clocks are, t- are turned, um, fatigue crashes uh, increase. Yeah. And, and I know that they, that keeps coming up every year. Did they make that change or is it just one, one of the time changes? Was... So it's just one of the time changes. Uh, typically, I think the spring forward uh, is, is, uh, is the one that messes people up because they lose the hour. Gotcha. If I have that correct, I believe I do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Right. Um, what else you got on here? Um, shortage of commercial drivers. Uh, yeah. Oh, making yeah. other drivers drive more, right? Exactly. So commercial and delivery drivers, there's a, a big demand for them right now. And so that, uh, so for the people who are working, just like, a, you know, a lot of the service people who are having to do double time, um, you know, at, at grocery stores and restaurants and things like that. Well, the same thing's happening with these drivers. Uh, they're, 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 there's such a demand and uh, there is a lot of pressure on them to, to get things done. So I'm afraid that, you know, and I know about hours of service and I know electronic logbooks and all that, but um, it's still happening, Bob. And um, they're being pressured to to do more and drive longer, and that is a concern. Uh, you know that uh, you know the, the commercial uh, drivers and the uh, delivery drivers are really under a lot of pressure, and, and then and then to get back on the road, you know, after you know not long enough time to recuperate. Uh, that that I believe uh, creates an issue as well. Yeah, um, you know, there's a shortage of school bus drivers, and I don't want to freak out any parents out there. But mm. I just found out wow. that, you know, my son's school district also had a shortage of school bus drivers. Um, a lot of times, buses were just doubling up; kids were standing in the aisles. Uh, it was not oh. safe. Oh, um, but my son just brought up that his driver wears the um uh uniform of the city transportation 
uh, uh, bus system. And it turns out he's moonlighting as a school bus driver after working as the the city bus driver. And, and you know, just talking about this, now I'm wondering, did he get enough sleep? Is he, there it is. you know, uh, within the hours of service? Because that's a CDL. I mean, you have to have a CDL to be a, a city bus mm-hmm. driver, right? Yeah, a school mm-hmm. bus driver. So, again, I don't want to freak anybody out about this. The school year is almost over. But, you know, driver shortages are everywhere including in in the the school and city bus systems too so there's the reality of it bob there's a a perfect example of what we're talking about here with these with these drivers and so i always tell people is you know with trucks i always say give them a very wide berth right right? yeah um you know i always say stay stay away from them as much as possible because uh well not only i won't get into that whole that's another whole topic as far as inexperienced and uh and um drivers who aren't trained well who are, are behind some of these uh the wheel of some of these vehicles and, and i'm not disparaging any commercial driver or anybody no, like no, that no. there are some amazingly safe and good drivers out there but there are a lot of people that are getting in behind the wheel that uh, really just frankly aren't safe yeah well and i you know preface that with we're not saying in anybody that we're talking about right now is an unsafe driver we're just saying there's an unsafe action right. that that you know, maybe they're not even aware that they're performing. Um, but if you are Correct. fatigued or drowsy, you know, it is going to uh, put you at risk of, of having uh, uh, an accident or an unsafe mm-hmm. action. And you could be the best driver in the entire fleet. Um, but anybody's subject to this, you know, just just to get that, make that clear. Absolutely. It's a good point. Right. Um, so why do you say that certain times of the day are more prevalent for driver fatigue? Is that First thing when you wake up right. in the morning and take off driving or after you've been driving all day or working all day and getting home at night or how, how is that? Well, there typically are two times of the day when people uh, will report that they feel some fatigue. One is right after lunch. Mm. Um, so uh, I've always uh, instructed drivers that, hey, if you're one of those people, uh, try and schedule your time not behind the wheel at that time. If you can, can arrange your schedule and you can't always do it, but there are times when you can. So why not? Uh, arrange your schedule so you're not behind the wheel um, during um, you know, one of your worst times. And then the the, the uh, late afternoon, early evening drive uh, where people are getting done with their end of you know, their work day and they sit down behind the wheel and they just kind of, you know, <laughs> then they start feeling fatigued and, and now they're driving home. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that is also an issue. Um, so those, those are the two times of day when I, 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 it's reported that people are, are having issues. I know right after lunch for me is, is my rough time. And, uh, uh, I know it and I try to always schedule myself away from driving during that time period. Um, I get, I get a little uh, groggy and I have my, uh, after lunch cup of coffee and, uh, I, I, I get through it, but I usually the only, uh, um, Thing I want to be, you know, be uh, sitting on that has a, has wheels is is my my office chair. So <laughs> during that time, uh, you know, if I if I if I fall out of that, not much as, as I won't get as much of a risk of a of a injury as I would if I'm driving a car. Yeah, you can injure yourself, but at least not others. You know, you don't want to lose your hip falling out. Of right, your chair. it might break my arm or something. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. As we discussed earlier, Bob, I'm old. You know? <laughs> I'm behind you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. so you mentioned two times. Did I miss one? Is the last mile of the trip, you know, right before they get home, um, the other drowsy time? Yeah. So, so 
Yeah, and, and, and then the last mile, I, I always say is, you know, especially when you're coming home from a long drive, right? Or, you know, say you're coming home from vacation or you're coming home from a long business trip and you're getting into your neighborhood where you are the most tired at that point of the, time of the day. You know, you're the most tired at that point of the drive. I should say you're the most tired and you're in a very familiar area. So you kind of relax. Yeah. And that becomes dangerous. You always hear about people crashing, you know, within a few miles of their home. A lot of that is fatigue related just because they're relaxed and they're at their most tired. That's when you really must be diligent. And if you feel yourself falling, you know, getting groggy, then I don't care if oh, I only have 10 more miles to go. I can get, I can get there. Nope. Yeah. Stop, stop, get yourself refreshed. Yeah. Then go. Yeah. You know, I was talking to you before we started recording and one of the uh, times that I get, you know, tired, you know, um, we have family in Detroit. I live in Cleveland. Um, it's a three hour drive to Detroit. Easy to do, you know, had a good night's sleep the night right. before, you know, we're all loading up. Uh, everybody's in the car. We're all talking. Everybody's active. The dog is bouncing around. Um, there's lots of traffic. But by the time I get on the turnpike, you know, um, the car has settled down. People aren't talking as much. They're getting on devices, reading a book. The dog is sleeping. Um, you know, my wife might be, you know, just on her phone or drowsing off in the passenger seat. And there I am on the turnpike. Long, boring drive. I wasn't awake 20 hours. But that's when I start feeling like, oh, my gosh, this is the longest, boring, most boring drive. And I start feeling like I'm, you know, just falling into a trance, you know, um, and, right. and we'll probably talk about solutions to that. But but that's that seems like it, that's really dangerous to me. Yeah, it's called road hypnosis. So you just get used to see one mile of road. You've seen it all. Right. It's all the same. Uh, there's no stimulation, mm, right? Right. right. Uh, and when when there's lack of stimulation, that's when you you can start getting you know, feeling tired from that as well. And that's called road hypnosis. And there are solutions to that. And we will talk about those okay. solutions. Yeah, that's good to know. Well, we'll bring that back up because uh, that's always a good one. Um, I used to live out west, and um, if you've ever driven out west, you can uh, you can see the miles, the, the mountains in the background, and that straight road in front of you right. for miles and miles. Miles and yeah. miles and miles. I've driven yeah. it. I understand. Yeah. There's <laughs> got to be some hypnosis there, yeah. you know, driving there. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That people should be aware of when they're out there. Um, well, so how do we recognize when we're tired? Obviously, I just talked about one where, obviously, you know, it, it's so boring. But, you know, what what are some other ways? Like, if people like me, you know, we haven't been awake for 20 hours, you know, we don't really fall within some of the risk factors. How do you identify that you might be getting fatigued while you're driving? Well, and let's even before we start driving, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, like sit down in the chair and you start to nod off, you that's, probably shouldn't get behind the wheel at that sign. point. <laughs> you know, nodding off is, is a, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty clear sign, right? Uh, but then if you, while you're driving, if you, if you find yourself that you're yawning frequently um, or you're driving along and those missed miles, right? Um, a lot of the fatigue related crashes are in what they call micro sleeps. Mm. Okay, it's where people just nod off for a little bit and they, and they come to and they realize, oh, man, I have missed some miles here. Uh, you're, you're not completely asleep, but you're not you certainly aren't uh, up and alert right. and aware. It's, it, that's called a micro sleep and they cause a lot of crashes. Um, if you find yourself drifting uh, even within your lane or over uh, lines and things like that. That's a that's a classic sign. Missing signs, right? Road signs and turns, and 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 you knew you have a turn coming up, and then you miss it. Well, you, you know you blanked, uh, and that that that's a class sign, classic sign of uh, fatigue. And then um, fluctuations in speed, where you know you don't even realize 
that, okay, you, you look down and you're doing the speed limit, then you look down and you're 20 under, you know, and then you, you look down and you're 15 over. Fluctuations in speed, again, it's because you're fatigued, you're, you're reacting differently, and, uh, and it causes things like that. And ironically, Bob, when I was on the police job, uh, I would stop some people sometimes, and I, I thought they were impaired. And they're doing these things, you know, the drifting, the fluctuations sure. in speed and things like that. And they were just tired. And uh, and they would actually say, oh, glad you stopped me. I'm, you know, and it, that surely wakes them up when a cop stops. It's adrenaline <laughs> but, going. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a, um, yeah, it gets the adrenaline going. Uh, it's, but, but that, that, again, so that goes back to that 0. 0.08, doesn't it? it, 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 it yeah, it's, it's all uh, classic it's signs of, of being uh, impaired by alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Any yep. one of those uh, drifting or, or uh, yeah. Right. It, and, and, yep. And fatigue is an impairment. Let's not buttercoat Absolutely. it. You know, it is an impairment, yep, no, makes and you shouldn't sense. be doing it. Yeah. Okay. So if we've identified, you know, some of the risk factors and recognize that we are fatigued, how do you how do you get past it? I mean, you're you're hours from home. You got to get home. How do you how do you get through fatigue driving other than going to bed? <laughs> So, uh, well, uh, you know, the first thing I always tell people is that you know, make sure you're getting, you know, um, the proper, proper rest. And, and, and I mean proper rest every, every night or every day or whatever you're working, you know. I mean, a uh, minimum of seven hours of sleep uh, is what they say. You know, eight, uh, seven to nine uh, is what's recommended. If you, can get, if you can get seven hours of sleep, you'll, you'll probably be okay. But um, there are times I know in my life where... Uh, because of work uh, and family demands, I would uh, maybe get four hours one night. The next night I get uh, three and a half. The next night I get five. Well, after a while, that has a an effect, and uh, that that and you know before I know it, I was trying to drive and feeling extremely fatigued, and that is not safe. So again, um, try to get right. proper rest. That's the first thing. Um, Try and plan accordingly so you're not driving uh, fatigued. You know, if, if if you can avoid driving while you're when when you've been through a situation like that, just 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 avoid it. You know, uh, maybe there's somebody else that can assist in driving sure. who's had enough rest. The other thing is that I, I think that people become over dependent on the short fixes. And the the three that I typically hear is, well, I drink a lot of caffeine, coffee, or whatever you know, caffeinated beverages. You know, and when I'm feeling tired, I'll, I'll just turn the music up really loud in the vehicle, you know, make it loud, you know, keep me awake. And I'll, I'll roll the window down and turn the AC up, you know, get it cold in there and keep me alert. Well, the point I make when I hear those things is that you're, you're cold, you can't hear, and you have to go to the bathroom because of the caffeine, but you're still tired, okay? Right. They are short fixes, and they only work for a short amount of time. So uh, you shouldn't be over-dependent on them. Okay, can it get you through to the next place where you can stop? Okay. Okay, but don't be ever depend on that. Say, you know, you only had two hours of sleep after being up for 48, and, well, you're just going to roll down the window and, and, and drink a lot of caffeine. If you think that's yeah. going to be safe, that's not right, that you're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, so don't rolling do down that. the window is not so, the permanent solution yeah. for being. <laughs> uh, I always say, no. Again, it might it might help to get you to a place where you can stop and get refreshed, but yeah. don't be overly dependent on that. Don't think that, well, I know I didn't sleep much, and but I can drive, you know, 400 miles and be okay right. if I roll the window down. No, That's that just sense. not realistic. Uh, and, and you also, you have to make, you have to plan stops also. 
Uh, so, so plan that into your schedule that you're making regular stops. You should stop on a long drive. You should stop every two hours. And people, people have said to me, oh, Phil, if I stopped every two hours, we'll never get there. And I, 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 what I, the comment I have back to them is, if you don't, you may not. Ah. You know, you, you plan to stop at least every two hours. And you may not be feeling all that tired. You know, I, I'm, I'm okay. But guess what? Fatigue can catch up to you really quick. You can get to two hours and 20 minutes and you're going, oh, I should have stopped. Plan stops. Right. Uh, put it into your schedule. And then if you feel, if necessary, if you're feeling tired, stop more often, you know, right. uh, but th- you should stop at least every two hours. Yeah. That's one of those theories. Like if you drive faster, you're going to get there sooner, but I, I know how, one. how much faster are you really getting there? Five minutes sooner? <laughs> or, I mean, so why not stop every two right. hours just to get some rest and get that? When right. you're going to get there 15 minutes later, you still have, if it's a vacation, you still have the whole day, right? Right. And it, like I said, it could take the rest of your life. You know, you're not going to ever recover from from the right. crash. Uh, the, the, so the, what I, you know, so let's say you have a really long drive and you're stopping every two hours. So let's say that adds an hour and a half to your drive. So what? Right. It's an hour and a half. Yep. You know, how much time do you watch? You know, spending a, spend watching a football game or a baseball game or something like that. You know, I mean, think about that. It's just an hour and a half, and it's broken up in maybe 15, 20 minute segments. It's fine. Stop. Yeah. Get yourself refreshed. Go back. Yeah. Uh, and and you know what? I you know what? One of the things I say is that you know when you do stop, get the caffeinated beverage. Yeah. And the reason I say that is not only is it a stimulant will help to you know keep you alert, but it's also a diuretic. You're going to have to stop in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so if you know so the caffeine plays a couple of roles here. It's 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 uh, it's not a yeah, bad thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, power nap. How are you going to do a power nap? So, um, I, I'm, and, and you and I had this discussion. I mean, I am one of those people, if I take a 15, 20 minute nap, I feel good. Um, I know some other people though, if they take a 15 minute nap, they're going to have to sleep, you know, five, six hours. It, it doesn't do them any good. It, it does for me. And if you're one of those people who can do that, why sure. not, you know, get yourself refreshed, but be careful, be careful where you stop. I mean, if you're going to do a power nap like that, I suggest like find a, an area where there are a lot of people mm-hmm. around. Uh, not a secluded area. I mean, watch some of these rest areas and, and things like that. I mean, you you want a, a well-lit uh, area where there are some people around. Find a 24-hour convenience store where you can pull right up front there and you say, well, I won't be able to sleep there. If you're tired, right. you'll fall asleep. You know, uh, that's better than uh, getting, you know, uh, you know, robbed or carjacked uh, when you're taking a nap in a secluded dark area. So be careful where you do that. But if you can do that power nap, why yeah. not? Yeah. Um and any other thing is too, Bob. If 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 you're driving and you're just feeling complete, you're just wiped out. Pull up, get yourself okay. a room. You know, it's it's better than crashing. You know, take you know, you know it's it's like it's, oh, I'll add more time. You know, but, well, it, it could save you a lifetime. Pull up, make the make the smart right. decision, right? You never, 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 never try to push through. You know, oh, I can make it. That's just silly. You're not invincible, as as we were talking earlier. You know, when we were younger, we felt uh, bulletproof. Right. Yep. We're not. And if you're you know? if you're trying to push through so, with your uh, family, you know, just think you've got your your kids in the back, and and they're at risk as as well. Not just you or somebody huh. else on the road, but it's your whole family. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, and you know, Bob, you bring up a very very good point there again too, which which reminds me. Uh, people say, "Well, I drive." You know, I ask them, "Do you drive differently when you have your family in the?" in the vehicle and most people will say well yeah i said okay why 
and they look at me sideways and they say, what do you mean? It's my family. I want them to get hurt. I said, okay, fully understand. I have family. I, I, I get that. You, you want to protect them. But if you get seriously injured or killed in a car wreck, is that going to adversely affect them? affects them, them. yeah. You, you should drive like you have your family in the car yeah, all absolutely. the time. Yep. You should drive like you have them, like you got those kiddos back to, you know, buckled in the backseat. You should drive like you have your family with you all the time. And you should drive like everybody around yeah. you has their family with them. Good good advice. That's, that's something that we can um, uh, hopefully get through to even like a fleet driver. Obviously, you know, you or I, or we're talking to somebody, just regular driver. You know, but a fleet driver, right. they have a family, they got to get home, you know, too. So, yeah, we got to get them on that same mindset, too. You have an interesting one on here. You know, you, you mentioned earlier right. um, recognizing the fatigue, you know, um, fluctuations in speed. I was going to bring it up then, and I see it's on here now. You know, the fluctuation in speed, you might be going faster or slower because you're getting drowsy, you're not doing that. Using the cruise control um, could almost right. put you in that hypnosis, right? It can, it, it can, because now that's one less control that you're that you're regulating, right? So um, if you're feeling tired, I always say do not put the cruise control on because now if you go off the road rather than right. lifting, it's full speed. Uh, it's just going to keep yeah. going at that speed, and and it's going to be even even a, a more, much more severe impact. So if you're feeling tired, do not use the cruise control. You know, get off the road as soon as possible, but don't use the cruise control. Yeah. It's not uh, safe. That's good advice. Um, the other one on here I thought was interesting. Um, you know, uh, certain foods make you tired. Obviously, Thanksgiving dinner and turkey has some ingredient in it that just naturally. All right. Tryptophan. Yeah, right. yeah. So are All you right. suggesting that you probably don't want to have like a, a heavy turkey sandwich before you head out for a trip? <laughs> Well, not only foods, but also uh, medications, even over-the-counter medications um, oh, okay. uh, or, or, or alcohol uh, can cause fatigue. So uh, certain, you know, and, 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 and it is your responsibility to make sure the effect that it has on you before you get behind the wheel. Um, there are certain allergy medications, Bob, that I cannot take. I mean, they make me so drowsy. And I mean, <laughs> I'm, I am so susceptible to this stuff. Even the non-drowsy makes me <laughs> drowsy. Uh, so I, I, I'd rather sniffle than, than crash. Uh, so it's, uh, you have to be very, very careful of what you ingest. And it includes those heavy meals and such that if you're getting behind the wheel and you've just had yourself a, you know, a big turkey dinner, uh, that may not be the wisest decision. Um, <laughs> the, you know, there's a, there's, there seems to be a reason why your, your dad and your uncle always fell asleep after Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner while they're watching football. Um, you know, there might be something to that. But, uh, yeah, it's probably wise not to, uh, to have a big, heavy meal, and now you get behind the wheel and drive for a long distance. But, but anything you ingest, you know, whether it be uh, prescribed medications, over-the-counter medications, alcohol, anything like that that, uh, that uh, may cause fatigue, just, you know, just be very, very careful with that. Yeah. So that's good advice for any driver, again, uh, professional truck driver, fleet driver, who's also a professional driver, um, or just someone in the family, you know, if it's allergy season and you're taking off or you're going right. somewhere and yeah, that, that's really, really good advice. I was of course thinking the turkey sandwich, but yeah, it makes sense. Don't ingest anything, including that medication. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Right. Um, you got something out here about use smart journey management day planning. How, how, what's a, what's a, uh, a technique that you use? or recommend so and i'm going to use myself as an example here because bob this just happened to me last night i was at the global flea conference down in uh, uh hollywood florida 
and uh, storms rolled through. Uh, so my flight was delayed initially uh, about an hour, and then we went out and we sat on the tarmac for uh, 50, 50 minutes, and then I got I had to connect, and that that's delayed. So I didn't get home until um, it was close to you know close to one o'clock in the morning, and uh, uh, and then I had to drive home. I stopped. I got a just uh, say a cola caffeinated beverage. And I drank some of that, and um, it perked me up. And it was it was between the sugar and the caffeine. But I I, I just thought you know. I, but because I had been up all day, I had gotten up at six a.m. yes you know yesterday, mm-hmm. and now it's past one o'clock. Now I did not off on the plane, so I did have my little power yeah, nap. There you go. Um, but again, you know, there are people I know will be. Um, you know, uh, work all day, then fly across the country and then try and drive home. And so uh, I, I think it'd be smarter to either stay at where you are and catch a flight the next morning or uh, get a hotel once you land rather than trying to drive home after you've been up all day. That's just not smart journey management. Um, you, know, you have to look at your whole day, not just like that segment of it that uh, where you're driving. You have to consider all that you've been doing that day and how tired are yeah, you. No, that makes sense. So uh, I just want to bring up that, you know, we're just regular people who just happen to care about, you know, safe driving. But we both have shared stories about how we're susceptible uh, to this particular topic, right? Anybody can be uh, uh, susceptible to drowsy driving or fatigue driving. Um and it's just important that everybody realizes, you know, uh, they can't be the one that just powers through or, um, you know, uh, just rolls the window down or has another cup of coffee. You know, these aren't the solutions. And it just seems like the best way to get over fatigue or drowsy driving is to rest and, and plan your journey. Yeah. Well, the only thing that, Bob, again, you have a great point. So I always say the statement I always make is the only thing that's going to combat sleep deprivation fatigue is sleep. Yeah. Uh, that's the only real uh, cure for it. Uh, don't depend on those, those short fixes. And we mentioned road hypnosis earlier. Um, what I suggest in that situation is that if you're driving and it's the same mile after mile after mile, maybe you start speaking out loud or getting, you know, uh, you know, start talking to, to you know, <laughs> if you're by yourself, talk to yourself. A lot of people do that. Uh, and it's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe they okay. There's a car coming up behind me and, or you just say it out loud speak what you see. Uh, it might, it might jog you and get you back and get your mind uh, back on there. And, um, We'll, we'll get you through until you get to a point where you can can stop and get refreshed. That's why I think that two hour uh, window of, of stop stopping is so important because of this road hypnosis. So that's that's another yeah. point. I, I um, was thinking while you were talking about that, uh, if my wife was nodding off and, and the kids in the back were on devices or sleeping and I just you know said, oh, there's a truck pulling up behind me. There's a little red Subaru to my right. I think that my wife would wake up and just stare at me like something is really wrong, but it's probably worth it because then maybe she'll start a conversation. <laughs> right.
quiet. And then when she says, "Are you okay?" That certainly will maybe help to That's assist right. you with waking yeah. up. Uh, you know. Yeah, but still, it's good advice. Right. It gets you out of the, so. the the mundane action of just going down the same road over and over. Um, you you know, you brought up one thing that I do, and whether this is right or wrong, but you know, if I start feeling that coffee doesn't really help me later in the day i i have my coffee in the morning and having one in the afternoon doesn't really do much for me but having the fact you know uh, the action of picking up something to drink and and doing that it gets mm-hmm. me out of you know the boring right. mundane rhythm of just going down the road so what i do is i get a bottle of water right and i put it in the cup holder uh but i leave the lid on and then i have to open the lid and i gotta right get past that little uh, lock thing that, that you know makes me concentrate on that a little bit more and then I'll have, I'll drink my water and I'll put that down you know obviously trying not to be distracted you know we could also say that that's distraction right. eating or drinking something while driving but you know at least it gets me out of the 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 rhythm of just going straight down the road but then I'll put the lid back on and then five minutes later I'll pick it up take the lid off and, and take the drink again um, and that's only if there's nobody else in the car interacting with me, right? I just need that interaction of something. Right. To do. Uh, it's the physical activity of doing something and then the drinking of the water and things like that. Again, it's a stimulus, right? You're stimulating. Uh, so I, I, I have no issue with that. What I have an issue with is people who are driving down the road having a feast, <laughs> right. right? The burgers and the fries and the Coke or whatever, you know, the, and they have the cola and they're, they're driving down the road and they're having a feast. That I have a problem with. But I'll, I'll use this example. I uh, was doing a, a, a safety ride along with a, a professional sales rep and he had had three crashes he uh his territory was louisiana bob i gotta tell you if you've seen one mile of louisiana swamp yeah. you've seen it all right so this guy that was the road hypnosis situation so he didn't like coffee so what i got him to do was styrofoam cup in the cup holder he kept a a, a container of cola in his in in a, in a cooler in his trunk and what he would do when he would stop he put some cola in the in the styrofoam cup with straw, and when he, you know, every so often, just what you said—the reaching down—he not he mm-hmm. not even eyes off the road, right? Which is really good, and just you know, would go up, take a little sip of coke, put it back. The physical activity of doing that, and along with the uh, sugar and the caffeine, the guy didn't have any more crashes, so that absolutely worked for him. Uh, so you, you, you make a yeah, really good yeah. point with that one. Well, sure. At least I know I'm not doing anything too wrong, but still, I, I just don't like the feeling of, of yeah, nope. losing control while driving. So, um, I'm going to try a few of these other, uh, uh, things, you know, uh, it's a right. three hour drive to Detroit. I like to power through, I get the hypnosis on the turnpike. I think I'm going to break it up. You know, why, why not just do the hour and a half? Why, why not stop in Toledo yep. as exciting as that may not be <laughs> you know but it, <laughs> i'm from Tol- you're going to get complaints I'm, from I'm people from toledo, toledo now, i can Bob, say yeah. it <laughs> it's my hometown there you go yeah. okay so you can say um, that okay but <laughs> the mud hens go see the mud hens i love the mud hens <laughs> they've got a nice beautiful new stadium downtown it's great nice um but yeah, no, but you know, just, just stopping, getting out, walking around in the car, you know, at, 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 at wherever you stop, you know, getting out of the car and walking around, um, you know, just doing something to uh, uh, break up the monotony, I, I think would be good. Um, because, you know, like I, like I told you, it's not that I didn't get enough sleep. You know, I, I sleep very well at night. I sleep straight, straight through. I'm never awake more than 20 hours, but I get that hypnosis and I, I think it's dangerous. If anybody else gets it, you know, there's some really good uh, tips to, to try and get through that. Right. 
Yeah. So, uh, well, Phil, uh, this is a great conversation. Um, and who knew that this topic could be um, actually kind of fun, but so important. Any final thoughts you might have? Out there? Yeah. So I, I'll, I and, I'll, and I uh, use examples, you know, when I'm, I'm talking about safety and I'm going to use this one. So I was called to um, reconstruct a crash um, uh, involving a driver who had been on the West Coast, uh, flew home and had about two hour drive home. And he was within six miles of his home and he went off the road and hit a tree and he lost his life. And I was absolutely able to prove that this was a uh, fatigue related crash. It was, uh, uh, he just, it, it was the only explanation. There was no breaking. Uh, by the time he, you know, if he did wake up, um, it was too late. It was just too right. late. It hit directly in line with him and uh, he lost his life. How I wished that this man would have um, maybe stayed over um, uh, rather than flying home that night. And I hate red eyes. He took a red eye. And then uh, the next morning, how I wish he would have maybe made a decision to, you know, uh, pull up, get a room, sleep, whatever, um, before trying to drive home. But people, um, they have in their minds that I just want to get home, right? I just want to get home. And it's just not safe. I, you know what? The point I'll make is I want you to get home too. So right. don't take the risk. And don't make that risk and you know, put that risk out there for other people who are around you. It's not just you. It's all of those other drivers out there too who have families and friends who they want to get home to see. That's so, right. you know, as I've said um, many times, crashes cut a wide swath. And... Uh, this is the decisions you make can affect a lot of people. So, uh, you know, don't be selfish, you know, be safe. Yeah. You've said that a number of times. Don't be selfish. Don't be a selfish driver. And that's, you know, a perfect example there. Uh, he had a right. family. If he had hit somebody else, it would have impacted that family. But again, that's another reason why right. we're doing this and talking about this and hopefully educating somebody. It's not worth your life, you know, to, to power through or just get home. You know, I don't think there's any company is ever going to fire anybody if you, you know, get an extra night at a hotel, um, you know, just to stay alive. Correct. You know, there's there's nothing wrong right. with it, and um, you know, get get that rest. Don't 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 power right. through. Yeah, great. All right, Phil, that was uh that was a great great episode. Who knew that uh, fatigue drive uh, driving could actually be a uh, fun topic, but a, an important one to. Uh, uh, talk about um, what do you think that our next episode should be? Well, um, one of my the topics that are near and dear to my heart is uh, impaired driving. Um, you know, impaired drivers cause so much many problems, and uh, we're we are we are really having a problem with that here in the U.S. And I think really globally, I think it's an issue. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, impaired driving, especially with the Fourth of July holiday approaching. Um, that's a, a holiday where it's, it's known for people, uh, drinking, but then all forms of impairment. I think that we need to, uh, we need to address that because there is a, uh, there's a lot of impairment that's going on that is, is not even alcohol related and we're going to address it. Yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of States have a lot of, uh, legalized, uh, 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 marijuana that, that, um, is impaired, but also illegal, you know, drugs uh, uh, are still out there that, that people are still using. Um, and even if you aren't, other people around you are, and you need to be aware of, uh, of what those people are doing on the road around you. 
right? And we give we can give them pointers, Bob, on how to uh, uh, you know notice, identify, and and avoid uh, impaired drivers. So I, I think it'll be a pretty important episode. Yeah, basically, just look for the one who's texting because it pretty much has the same. <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> that is impairment absolutely yeah, yeah all right phil my friend i appreciate the time that you've put into this and dedicated your life towards uh safe driving uh it's always great to have conversations with you i really appreciate you taking the time today oh no thank you bob and thanks for uh, arranging all this and putting this all together this is again uh, i think we're Hopefully, we're helping people, some people stay safe and uh, and getting home to their families, and and that's the whole thing. And I just ask people to just take it to heart, you know, be well, be safe. Yeah, great advice. All right, Phil. Thanks a lot. We'll talk next week. <laughs>